Hello, everyone, and welcome to EHS on Tap. I'm your host, Justin Scase, Senior Editor of the EHS Daily Advisor, and we hope that all of our listeners are doing all they can to remain healthy and safe during the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. Now, even before a great many of us were working remotely, connectivity has been and will always be a key component of successful safety programs and healthy safety cultures. Open communication, engagement from employees to executives, and effective change management all depend on connectivity. And technology can help facilitate all of these factors that contribute to effective EHS management. On today's podcast, we're chatting with two experts who can guide us through the practicalities of connectivity, the technology involved, and how it can serve to create better workplace safety programs. Now, before we introduce them, I would like to take a moment to thank our sponsors for today's episode, MSA Safety and Safety I.O. Established in 1914, MSA Safety Incorporated is the global leader in the development, manufacture, and supply of safety products that protect people and facility infrastructures. Safety I.O. is a software-as-a-service subsidiary of MSA Safety established in 2018 that creates safety tools that help improve its customers' safety awareness and outcomes. For more information, visit www.msasafety.com and www.safetyio.com. Now I am excited to introduce our two guests for today's show, Matt DiLorenzo and Chris Borneo. Matt has spent 11 years collaborating with industrial and fire service personnel around the world, first as an MSA Safety New Product Development Team member, and then as the Business Director of Safety I.O., where his primary goal is to identify and deliver services that help safety managers improve safety outcomes. Chris has been at MSA for the past 10 years in roles that run the gamut from manufacturing operations to product management, with five of those years spent overseas on expat assignment in Berlin, Germany. Today, he leads one of MSA's product management teams focused on the development of connected wearable safety technology that raises the bar for safety programs around the globe. So, Matt and Chris, welcome and thank you for joining us on EHS on Tap. Thanks for having us, Justin. Yeah, we're excited to be here. Thanks so much. Yeah, you're very welcome. So I shared a little bit about you in your introductions, but tell us a little bit more about yourselves. Uh, who are you and what are your roles? Sure. My name's Chris Borneo, and, and like you mentioned, I'm the product group manager at MSA. And so I lead one of our product development teams there. And that product development team is really focused today on developing wearable gas detection technologies that are starting to um, evolve into wearable safety technology devices. So starting to look and understand how we can better protect the worker from a technology perspective moving forward. And then from from my perspective, um, Safety IO has uh, become a way that we can serve the MSA customer base uh, in, a, in a unique way, providing solutions that tie the information that's available from the devices that we sell uh, to uh, actionable outcomes, things that people can do to make it easier for them to manage their programs and to drive their programs forward into the future. That's great. Thank you both for being here today. Um, Chris, can you tell us a little bit more about the history of MSA safety? 
Yeah, definitely. So as you mentioned, the company was founded in 1914. So, you know, we're 106 years old now, and, and it's pretty rare to hear about companies that are this old and still thriving like MSA is. And, um, you know, we started out really in the mining market. So MSA, you know, traditionally stands for mine safety appliances. And that first product was the electric cap lamp. And actually, our two founders um, developed that cap lamp in conjunction with Thomas Edison. So as a little bit of a fun, fun fact, that's where we started. Wow. But we've had a lot of time to evolve and expand. So, you know, what started as a cap lamp has turned into really a broad global product portfolio that really serves two primary markets, one being industrial and one being fire service. So, you know, in the industrial space, you have everything from hard hats, fall protection and fixed and portable gas detection to on the fire service side, we are selling self-contained breathing apparatus for firefighters, fire helmets and their turnout gear. So it's really broad at both uh, across both of those in, uh, segments of the industry. That's great. Uh, Matt, can you share a little bit about uh, safety I.O.? Of course. Yeah. So as you mentioned, we got our start a couple of years ago and our, our goal has been to help safety management teams, EHS teams uh, in the industrial space, understand how they can get more from the devices that they have, uh, in particular, the portable gas detection devices today. You know, how do they create a, a an environment where they can drive greater uptime for those devices while also driving greater worker accountability. Because at the end of the day, they're looking to get better behavioral safety practices, um, advancing through their organization, uh, more personal accountability for those types of activities. Uh, and, and we're here trying to help move that forward for them. That's very interesting. Uh, so it sounds like you've really recognized some shifts in these markets that you serve. Uh, is is that a is that true? Is that a good assumption? Yeah, that's that's definitely true. Um, you know, one of the things is that safety programs are by nature conservative. It makes a lot of sense. And so, typically, what we see is that any kind of technology it really goes through a maturity phase and an acceptance phase outside of safety and then finally makes its way there. Um, so this is especially true in the consumer world. And so you've seen things like wearables, smart homes, smartphones, connectivity. All of these things are really kind of becoming ubiquitous in our everyday lives. Um, but the safety world, it's been kind of shielded from that due to that, that sense of conservativeness. And so now is all of that's finally entering into that space. Programs, safety managers, they want to do things more efficiently and they really want to pioneer a better safety program. And I think the reality that they're waking up to is, wow, we can do so much better and so much more with technology on our side. And I think the pandemic and everything that we've experienced with remote tools and how they can make us more effective doing things when we're not close together has really only accelerated some of that shift that we're seeing. Great. So let, let's talk a little bit more about that, uh, the specific audience that we're talking to here, the EHS management space. Uh, what's in it for them? Uh, how, how can they benefit from these changes that we're experiencing, uh, the market changes and also as technology advances? 
That's a great question. I'll, I'll take that one. So when it comes to EHS management teams, they live a very interrupt-driven life in, in many cases. So they have big goals that they want to accomplish at the safety level. They have these KPIs that are really important to them, but a lot of the daily activity um, is disrupted by surprises and things that they couldn't have anticipated. Um, and we're all kind of living directly through that on a macro level with the pandemic and, so, and, and downturns in certain markets. But at the same time, at a micro level, they have all kinds of other things that they are concerned about. So when it comes to their big goals, right? They, they have these distractions that are, that are really challenging them to be effective and to hit their larger KPIs. Um, they want to be proactive, but they're stuck being reactive as a result. Uh, many of them have robust standard operating procedures around their safety programs, but they're challenging to enforce because there are so many people and facets that um, create a challenging dynamic for them. And they care about compliance, right? They're looking to do more than compliance in, in most cases, but it's really hard to keep up with all the different types of equipment and processes that they have to manage. And all of that coming together is a really challenging environment for them. So what, what Chris and I see and, and what MSA sees in general, uh, along with what we're learning from the information that's coming in through the safety IO services is that there are really nice ways that technology can be leveraged to resolve these challenge points, these pain points, if you will, uh, to really provide pain relief. Uh, and that's uh, aligned with what some of your previous guests have talked about, right? So you had a, an EHS management and record keeping and reporting conversation with some folks from GenSuite uh, and other, other uh, teams who talked about similar things. How can we make it easier with technology, with connectivity, without adding a bunch of overhead? And so I think that's where the implications are for the EHS management space. What are the tools that are available to help uh, with managing these pain points? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it, clearly all the the new technology, the ch a lot of these changes are exciting, but you know, as you sort of spoke to a little bit, it can also be intimidating uh, getting into this space. Uh, how or or where would you encourage our listeners to to start? Well, I think there there are really three steps. Mm -hmm. Number one, uh, I'd encourage them to define their vision for the future. You know, where, where do you want your safety program to be in five years, you know, and then acknowledge where you stand today and what are the incremental things that you can be doing to improve? Um, there are all kinds of questions you might ask um, yourself in the, you know, employee safety training and accountability space, in the safety equipment maintenance and compliance space, in the data analysis, record keeping and reporting space, as I, I, I mentioned earlier. Um, so there, there are multiple facets, and I think it's a matter of prioritization, which things help you get closer to that future state that you really desire. The second step, I would say, is to start small, right? Focus on what's practical and what will give you a quick win uh, that proves the value of the connectivity that we're talking about, right? What are those things within your space that give you the flexibility uh, to provide meaningful and reasonable uh, results. Uh, we're, I'm, I guess, you know, Chris and I would be a bit biased. We would probably argue that portable gas detection is a great place to start because it's something that doesn't require a lot of decision makers. It gives you immediate 
gratification in terms of driving compliance and management of tools and real-time monitoring of, of those devices. But pick something that makes sense for your program as a small start. And then lastly, um, I would say also think big, right? You are going to need help. You know, identify some safety champions within your organization who can help uh, affect a broader cultural change, right? Who are the colleagues, who are the partners who will come alongside you in embracing the safety first mindset and being be an advocate alongside you too in this journey? Who are the leaders, uh, if there's mm-hmm. one or two that you can um, stay connected to and show that you're making progress in this way and they could be champions from the top down. So I would say those are the three big steps that I would focus on uh, as a safety management team. That's great. Now, speaking of of the last step that you were just talking uh, about, the big picture, big picture organizational changes, uh, I'd like to go back to, to Chris for a moment. I read your mission statement for MSA safety. Uh, that men and women may work in safety and that they, their families, and their communities may live in health throughout the world. Now, that's a great mission, but what does it look like for, as you mentioned, a 106-year-old company to continue to fulfill that mission um, in in the modern times, a, a time of so much change? Yeah, that's a that's a good question, and I think one of the realities of uh, that mission statement is that for 106 years it hasn't had to change. We're continuing to live up to that and to strive for that. And so, even though thing you know solving the the modern day problems are different today, um, the mission stays intact. And so, when we look at that, we're constantly going back to that and saying. This mission is constant. So what do we need to change ourselves intentionally to to keep up, right? To keep up with the expectations of our customers. And I think it's been really important for us to continue to recognize and understand what makes us successful. What what are the key enablers that make us different than any any of our competitors? And leverage that to uh, better understand where we want to be in the future and how we can elegantly get there. And so one of the things when we're looking at the industrial space, um, we're working on a program that we call Connected Work. And really, Connected Work is all about bringing together everything that Matt's talking about on the safety IO side and then everything that I'm talking about on the hardware and wearable technology side Um, So that you have all of these tools and analytics and seamless integration of industrial IoT devices that at the end of the day allow you to work safer, allow you to work smarter, and make it so that it's, um, it's able to be tackled reasonably. I think one of the things when we talk about our customers and what they can do with their safety programs with everything that we're offering is that it's all about a journey. You need to start small and start making progress. Um, There's no solution out there that overnight you can flip the switch from analog to digital, right? And and MSA internally is on that same type of journey. So, you know, connected work, we have four key focus areas. Um, They're automated compliance management, incident prevention management response, worker health and productivity, and then finally, active safety monitoring. 
And those are kind of the goalposts that we're using to guide us over the next several years. So those four areas, those those categories, could you dive into each of those just a little bit for me? What what sort of things are behind them? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's you know obviously a, a lot of detail around each of those, but just to hit the, hit on them at, at a high level. So automated compliance management. What this is about is that safety programs, the hardware, the devices. Um, the equipment that they have today, it all creates complexity and burden to be able to manage that, whether it's inspecting devices, bump testing or calibrating them. They all take up time to basically just sustain the level of safety that you're currently at. So automated compliance management is really about taking those products, adding some smarts and technology into them, so that we can take that burden off of them and allow technology to handle that compliance themselves itself. Mm-hmm. The next one is incident prevention management response. So the holy grail, obviously, is that you prevent every single incident. And so when we look long term, that's obviously what we're trying to get to. And we think there's a tremendous amount of opportunity there with data analytics. So now you have smart devices, you have Um, cloud software applications that we can bring together in a really nice way and leverage that data to be able to prevent a lot of incidents. But obviously getting there is going to take some time. And so whenever we look at the incident management and response piece, we want to better enable safety programs through real-time connectivity, better visibility of their, their work sites, and allowing them to follow up more efficiently on incidents. And so that they have all of the uh, information that they need at their fingertips and documented from a compliance perspective. The third one was worker health and productivity. So what we're doing there is taking a harder look at the worker and better understanding how technology can um, allow them to be safer. And when you start to think about it, you realize that what they're protected with today from a safety perspective is great but there's so much opportunity to do a better job with technology moving forward. Then the fourth component is active safety monitoring. And the best way to look at this is giving that safety manager a set of eyes everywhere at all times so that they're not constantly feeling like they need to be walking through a facility to understand how effective their safety program is being implemented. So that's kind of a mouthful, but those are the four big categories that we're focused on. Very interesting. Uh, so, uh, where did you start this whole this whole journey uh, uh, along all these categories, and how can these apply to EHS management teams who are looking to embrace new tools and technology, the sorts that you're describing right now? So, you know, it, it's been a journey for us, just like it it has been and will continue to be for the EHS uh, managers and you know, how we've started is looking at the things that MSA offers from a device perspective, right? We've got portable gas detection, fixed gas and flame, everything that Chris mentioned earlier on in the in the program and determining, all right, where are the places that information or data can come from that we can use uh, and employ to help those safety managers? Um Portable gas detection, as I as I mentioned earlier, is an ideal place for us because they're electronic devices that already do some data logging and con- contextual um, 
collection of information that you can then share uh, with EHS teams so that they can, again, drive that behavioral safety uh, accountability that they're looking for, uh, drive the compliance that they're looking for, and ultimately lead to greater uptime with, with that part of their program. Um, MSA is also looking uh, more broadly across its portfolio and has added to its portfolio. So in uh, 2018, MSA acquired an organization uh, called Sierra Monitor, uh, and they have, uh, in addition to their fixed gas and flame solutions, they have a gateway that allows for uh, their devices to connect uh, to cloud-hosted solutions. And so, you know, MSA is then considering, you know, what are the implications for safety management teams uh, as you look beyond portable gas detection with technologies like that? And, and I'd say the same for any of the other product verticals in MSA's portfolio, you know, the fall protection, head protection, respiratory protection space. Uh, how can we take meaningful steps to incorporate that information into one place so that safety management teams can grow steadily into managing more and more of their programs with uh, an approach from, from MSA and from safety IO? So it's, it's been a journey for sure for us. Uh, and um, similar to what EHS is going through right now, uh, and we, we do um, try to be careful to listen well to what safety management teams are telling us so we can deliver the things that have the most impact uh, as quickly as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Now, one thing that you mentioned, I think Matt mentioned a while ago was, um, you know, starting small, you know, thinking big, but smart, but starting small. And, uh, but even with starting small, I sort of imagine that there's been some bumps along the way uh, towards, you know, arriving at all of these technological solutions and providing greater connectivity. So what's what's that looked like for you? And um, how are you overcoming them? Uh, what might our listeners encounter on their journey as they're seeking to adopt new technological solutions for their EHS programs? That's a great question. And, you know, um, as, as you can imagine, right, MSA is 106 years old and, and we, we serve a relatively conservative um, customer base. And so to launch an organization in 2018, like Safety.io, uh, as a software subsidiary that's very different than what MSA traditionally focuses on, there are certainly hurdles to overcome uh, internally and externally, right? Um, we have the benefit of having a tremendous leadership team uh, who have supported um, the creation of this organization and the, the things that need to be done internally to ensure the, the success of both MSA and Safety IO together. Uh, as we, like I mentioned earlier, there are going to be cultural changes within the safety program and within the customer organizations. We, we face the same things. Uh, so what I would say is um, understand the challenges you might face. Keep your keep your eyes open to um, opportunities to bring people alongside you and knock out those challenges one by one. You know, know where you're going to focus and why. Find those champions, train the champions, communicate your story as well as you can. Be willing to pivot uh, where that makes sense as you learn and grow. It's really problem solving 101, uh, but when you apply it, and it involves relationships and, and people whom you've been working with for a long time, you can ruffle some feathers, but I think it, at the end of the day, if you have the right people by your side, you can make a tremendous amount of progress in a short amount of time. Yeah, absolutely. That makes perfect sense. Um, so we're talking about all these uh, 
techno technological disruptions, management of change. So uh, let's look to the future. Uh, what's next? Where does all of this lead for EHS programs and for worker and worksite safety? Yeah, I'll take that one. Um, I think it's it's huge opportunity for all of us. And I think it's kind of up, up to each of us to determine what we can make out of all of this. You know, um, what we see at MSA is that um, it's a huge opportunity to differentiate safety programs. And so there's going to be some safety programs that kind of cling to the status quo and what has been good enough over the past. Um, but there's going to be other safety programs that are looking to the future and saying, wait a second, with all of this technology, with all of this software, everything at my fingertips now, I can do so much better. And I think you're going to start to see a shift and a spread um, amongst those two different groups of, of EHS professionals. And so what we're trying to do is make sure that we're developing solutions that align with looking towards the future and better enabling those EHS programs to continue kind of uh, plowing their way forward because we still think that there's just so much more upside when we look at the number of incidents that still occur on a daily basis on any given work site. That's great. Uh, it sounds like there's a lot of things to look forward to on this front, and um, you guys have provided a lot of great insights for our EHS audience today. So uh, thank you again, Chris and Matt, for joining us today on EHS on Tap. Thanks, Justin. Yeah, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Now, we'd also like to once more thank MSA Safety and its subsidiary, Safety.io, for sponsoring today's episode. For more information, please be sure to visit www.msasafety.com and www.safetyio.com. And to our listeners, please keep an eye out for new episodes of EHS on Tap and keep reading the EHS Daily Advisor to stay on top of your safety and environmental compliance obligations, get the latest in best practices, and keep your finger on the pulse of all things related to the EHS industry. Until next time, this is Justin Scase for EHS on Tap. 